Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Save up to $450 on a Gibson Les Paul Studio Deluxe, up to $900 on a Gibson Les Paul Trad Pro 4, or save up to 20% on other select Gibson guitars. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Pistons. This is Matt Shook, your host of the Daily Detroit Pistons podcast on the Locked On Network. This is the podcast for Monday, October 9th. Today we're going to talk about two big training camp uh, battles that are going on right now for the rotation for the Detroit Pistons. Break down those and how they're going and how they might look down the road this season and in seasons ahead as well for the Detroit Pistons. We're going to talk about tanking, the big change in the NBA offseason for the lottery, the draft lottery process, and how that might impact the Pistons and the Eastern Conference race going forward. And uh, we're nine days away from regular season Detroit Pistons basketball at Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. Uh, two preseason games of the five are in the books already. The Pistons will wrap up the home part of the preseason schedule tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern. You can find that game on Pistons.com and also Fox Sports Detroit slash Pistons. Uh, breaking news from today, the Jake, Jake Chapman of 97-1, the ticket, and WWJ uh, passed along on Twitter is that Avery Bradley and, and Andre Drummond are sitting out tonight's preseason game uh, against Indiana. So, uh, But the good news is that Reggie Jackson, who's got a little bit of a sore groin, will make his preseason debut tonight. Obviously, we know the last couple years, when we got good Reggie going, like we had two years ago, the Pistons might be reaching their peak of what they could be and then last year when he was injured for much of the season and then hobbled for the rest of the season when he did play they had a, a down season so obviously Reggie Jackson's health is paramount to the Pistons success so we'll see how he looks so far only nine days away from the regular season so the first look tonight at Reggie Jackson he won't have Drummond down low to, to, to bail him out with some rebounding and alley-oops as well so really important to, to see Reggie have a good game tonight. That's probably the, the big thing to watch out for in addition to the two matchups that we'll talk about that are going on throughout training camp. First though, Friday night, uh, the Pistons did get their first uh, preseason victory. They're now 1-1 one one on the preseason slate. They beat the Atlanta Hawks 109-87. to Drummond uh, set out that game as well. Jackson for the second straight preseason game set out too. Eric Moreland played well uh, off the bench. He was a center that they signed off of the summer camp team and played well, very uh, very active, a lot of rebounding without Drummond out there. So it's unlikely that Moreland plays his way into the rotation, but he's more of a, and if there's an injury or if maybe Boban can't uh, produce at the backup center position, possibly there might be some minutes for Moreland there. So good to see him play well. Another couple guys that it was good to see play well were Anthony Tolliver and Henry Allenson. Both of them shot the ball well in limited minutes. AT had 13 points in 17 minutes in his preseason debut. And Ellenson, the second-year guy out of Marquette, he had 16 points in just 17 minutes for the Pistons and Stan Van Gundy. So he's given a good shot if he wants to get into the rotation. He's making a good effort so far in the first two preseason games. 
As far as the veterans, Avery Bradwell, Avery Bradley shot the ball well, had 18 points. He was one of the off-season acquisitions. Another one in the backcourt was Langston Galloway. He was 0 for 9 from the field, so kind of the good and the bad from the new Pistons in those ones. And after tonight's game against Indiana, the Pistons are going to hit the road for two games. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, they're going to be in Toronto. And then Friday night at 8.30, the team will be in Milwaukee. And, of course, all of that is leading up to October 18th, nine days from now, a week from Wednesday. The Charlotte Hornets will be back in downtown Detroit to take on the Pistons in the opener regular season debut for Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. Yes, sir! So we talked a little bit on the podcast last week about how the Pistons training camp and preseason is a little bit more interesting than most other teams because there's some competition for spots in the rotation. There's kind of an overload of players who you might think will be in the rotation as opposed to, to spots that Stan Van Gundy will want to maneuver in that rotation. When you look at it, I think it's, there's two very interesting battles that are come down to those last front court and back court rotation spots. And that's between a couple of the guys the Pistons drafted uh, the last couple of years and some veterans that the, of spots that they're trying to take. So coming into the offseason, Stan Van Gundy knew he wanted some shooting, so he added Anthony Tolliver in free agency and Langston Galloway in free agency and Avery Bradley in the trade. And then you draft Luke Kennard in the first round. So those kind of fit all of those three-point shooting uh, percentages that you want, but you also want to maintain your defensive level that the Pistons have had as their trademark for all these years. So you bring in Galloway uh, at a three-year contract for $21 million. It's a lot of money. He joins the list of all Pistons pickups that they've made over the past few years that are overpaid a little more than you'd want to be. So basically you've got Langston Galloway, who's played mostly as shooting guard, but a little bit of point guard, so he could see spots at both positions for the Pistons in a reserve role. And then you have Luke Kennard trying to carve out some of his backup shooting guard minutes too. And in the front court, you have the same situation with Henry Ellenson, who's a second-year guy but essentially a rookie because he played uh, very little minutes at the big cl- with the big club last year. And then you have him going for minutes with Tolliver at kind of the backup four spot there as well. Tolliver's kind of a, the front court version of Langston Galloway in some ways. Uh, shoots the ball better than any of the reserve um, big men that the Pistons had last year. But uh, and plays well defensively. But Ellenson and Kennard in both those situations are young guys that have more offensive upside than the the, the veterans, but uh, lack defensive ability uh, that the veterans have and have have had throughout their careers. If you don't know much about Galloway, I want to run down a little bit about him as we'll be getting to know him throughout the season. He's only 25. He just finished his third year in the NBA. He went to St. Joseph's and uh, was undrafted, just like Tolliver was. And he's uh, a bit of a revelation for his rookie season through the Knicks. Um, He started out with the Westchester Knicks, but then signed a 10-day deal with the big club in 2014-15 and played really well. Became a starter for them right away, scored 11.8 points per game in his rookie season and made the all-rookie team despite only playing about half the year. Played every game in his second year for the Knicks as a 24-year-old in his second season and ended up on the Pelicans going into last year. He was involved in the Boogie Cousins trade, which sent uh, DeMarcus Cousins from Sacramento out of exile there over to New Orleans. So the problem with Galloway's career is that his minutes have dipped every season. He averaged 32 minutes a game as a rookie, down to 24 and down to 20 in his three years. So obviously the Pistons see a good fit there if they sign him for $7 million a year, and you'd think he's going to get all the chances that he could get to earn that rotation spot. Same is probably true for Tolliver, 
Pistons fans are familiar with Tolliver because he spent two years with the team, um, ending with the season prior to last season. So he was with the, the Pistons for two full for two full seasons, 2014 and 15, and also 2015 and 16. I, actually, he was traded from Phoenix to Detroit in 2014-15. So parts of two, one full season and parts of a second season with Detroit. He played in 72 games two years ago when the Pistons made the playoffs as the eighth seed. Played in 18.6 minutes per game that year and uh, scored 5.3 points per game. Shot it well for Sacramento last year at 39% from beyond the arc and uh, has had seasons where he's been up above 40% as a shooter from three-point land as well. I know Anthony a little bit. Um, I used to work in Springfield, Missouri, which is where he grew up and when, uh, went to Kickapoo High School, which is one of the powerhouses of the Midwest back when he was playing. was a, a ranked team nationally as a high school team when he was there. And then we ended up uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference playing at Creighton University. And then he went overseas after not getting drafted and then kicked around on several teams over his career. He's now 32 years old. So you'd think that he's expecting to get minutes this year. He's played well in the preseason so far. So like I said, both of these matchups between Ellenson and Tolliver and then Kennard and Galloway, they're pretty similar in that they're young guys trying to take the spots of veterans that were brought in with specific skills in mind. So those are the ones to kind of keep an eye on tonight and throughout the rest of the preseason. Keith Langlois had a piece today on Pistons.com that I kind of agree with is that the tie in these situations usually goes to the veterans. You can get the young guys in later in the season if they're showing promise in their limited minutes and then practice each and every day. And you, you can always you can always do that. You can always put the young guys in later in the season. And then if you got young guys who are going to get in their first taste of a full season of NBA action, you probably don't want them to go hard on 82 games and uh, big minutes right away anyways. So when you got those young guys, maybe it's better to work them in a little bit at the beginning, but kind of maybe ramp up uh, minutes as December and January kind of get rolling. So I would imagine that you're going to have Kennard and Ellenson both playing sparingly throughout the beginning of the season. But it's there's there's promise for both of them. Kennard and Ellenson both played really well at Summer League and uh, have shown the ability to score at the NBA level at Summer League and a little bit here in the preseason as well. Stan Van Gundy even said after Friday's game that Ellenson has been the most consistent performer throughout training camp. So some things to look forward to for those guys. And uh, But those are the two matchups that kind of you should keep an eye on uh, most as the preseason and uh, regular season gets started as well. All right, so today we're going to talk a little bit about tanking, which if you're an NBA fan, it's been a topic of conversation and around the news way too much over the last couple of years. And uh, that continued with this offseason as the NBA Board of Governors approved some changes to the NBA draft lottery system. If you hadn't heard, starting with the 2019 draft lottery, it flattens out the percentages in terms of getting the first pick or getting one of the first three picks. So right now, the current system that will be used for one more year of 2000 for the 2018 draft lottery, the, the worst team in the NBA record-wise has a 25% chance of getting the first pick. The second worst team has a 19.9% chance. Third worst, 15.6%, and it goes down gradually as you get to the uh, the quote-unquote best team that didn't make the playoffs. With the new system starting in 2019, all three of those top three teams of the worst with the worst record will all have a 14% chance of getting that first pick. And then the, the de-escalating chances 
are a little bit more gradual. So there's not a much of a difference between the fourth and the fifth um, in terms of getting that first pick than there are first three. This is a deterrent for tanking. Obviously, is there's not much of a there's not as much of a reward of a, of, of that race for the bottom that we've had have had throughout the years during the season, and it makes for some really ugly NBA basketball come springtime. As you got a handful of teams that all they're going for, or they're trying to lose in some ways organizationally. They're playing a lot of the young guys that maybe aren't ready. They're resting their stars a little bit more than they maybe they would. So. The, in the short version of this is this is the last season that you may have a lot of teams that are going that tanking route. Teams like uh, Brooklyn, although they don't have their first round pick, so they probably won't be incentive uh, won't be uh, have an incentive to tank. But you got you know the the Knicks, you got Indiana, Chicago, Atlanta. These are all teams that might be really bad this season. Chicago and Atlanta in particular. The Knicks are always pretty bad. So those are teams that you're going to be kind of racing for the bottom still this season. The reason that I brought this up on the Lockdown Pistons podcast is I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons every year on the uh, on the Ringer. Now he does uh, him and Joe House, one of his friends and podcast cohorts, do the over under NBA wins. Uh, will will such and such team be over or under their projected Vegas win total? And when they got to the Pistons, uh, the thirty eight point five win total that they talked about. And this year they had uh, another Ringer guy, Jason Concepcion, on with them. All three of them picked the Pistons to go under, and Bill Simmons had some biting remarks about the Pistons as well uh, about this era, said that this might be the end of the Andre Drummond era, and that with Avery Bradley being a free agent next summer, maybe the Pistons trade him in February for an asset because they may not be able to, to sign him anyways, and even if they do, they may have to move some other contracts so that they can fit him under the salary cap, and then maybe if Drummond has a pretty good season, he might be a candidate to be traded as well, possibly at the trade deadline, maybe next offseason. And that the Pistons would go into full tank mode and uh, try to get as high of a draft pick as they could next year and kind of start over all over again on the rebuild. As we know that this this Drummond and, and Reggie Jackson and Stanley Johnson era that we have here with Tobias Harris in that lump as well, it's kind of the middle of a rebuild that Stan Van Gundy has been going through for four years now. So he's saying that, you know, you scrap that whole thing and then you join the the Chicago's and Atlanta's of the world and kind of have that race to the bottom this season. I disagree with this. I think that the Pistons, they're still a young core. As we've talked about on this podcast, pretty much everyone that's not on a rookie contract on this team is paid about 10, 20% more than you'd want to than maybe they've earned over the years. But I still think the Pistons are a team that can get to the playoffs. And really, what you're playing for, if you're in the Eastern Conference, you're waiting for hopefully LeBron go, moves on to the Lakers this offseason, as it's heavily rumored that he will. And then you have you know Boston kind of stepping in as that next good team. Then you got teams like Toronto trying to hold on to their core, Washington trying to advance to the next level as well. But look, like I'm saying, there's a dearth in the Eastern Conference of good teams um, you know, teams that should be pretty good in a couple years. So one way of going about that would be to scrap the whole thing down, you know, try to hope that uh, you get one of those top draft picks for next year. And with Bagley and uh, with some of those other guys out there, it's going to be another good draft for those top three players. So you have all those guys. Um, and so you, you maybe take a swing at getting one of those guys. Or But, but I think you, you kind of stay the course if you're the Pistons, see how this season goes. And then kind of uh, you know retool the roster next year, 
address whatever you got to address with the Avery Bradley situation, replace him if you need to, and uh, and kind of move on. And along those lines, Zach Lowe of ESPN.com, who's kind of the, the, the prince of NBA writing these days, he had a piece today on Monday that, that had uh, each of the NBA teams ranked into tiers. And for the Eastern Conference tiers, he had Cleveland alone as the, the first member of their tier, obviously. And then the Eastern Conference second tier, he had Boston, Toronto, and Washington as those next three teams in the top four of the Eastern Conference. Moving on forward from there, the next tier was a group of six teams, and obviously those six teams would be competing for the last four playoff spots in the East. And he ranked them as Milwaukee, Charlotte, Miami, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Orlando, with Detroit checking in. And, and based on those that tier rankings, he would have Detroit as the eighth spot in the playoffs, getting Cleveland in the first round again, just like they did two years ago. I think that's accurate. I think that's basically where they're at. And then after that, you have a bunch of teams in the East, like I said, Brooklyn, the Knicks, Indiana, Chicago, Atlanta. Those are teams that just probably aren't going to be in playoff contention this year. Although you never know. One of those teams could step up and possibly contend for one of the last spots in the playoffs. But like Zach's rankings had Philly and Orlando just out of the playoffs and just below the Pistons. But those are the 10 teams that are basically trying to win right now in the Eastern Conference. I guess you could throw Brooklyn without their first-round pick next year. They're also a team trying to win this season as well, but just aren't there quite yet in, in their huge rebuild that they had to go through after the disastrous Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce trade that they made with Boston. So that's kind of a look at tanking and what you're going to hear about all season with those teams, uh, you know, trying to get those top draft picks, trying to get some of those guys that, um, you know, are, are believed to be franchise-type players, as this will be the last year. There's also a website out there called uh, Tankathon that is going to be something to keep an eye on all season. Um, on there, they've got the Pistons listed as, uh, I think, the first team out of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference and at the 11th spot there in the lottery ranking. So, Again, hopefully we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about tanking this year, but that's the lowdown of what's going on with the NBA and uh, and tanking. And uh, hopefully the Pistons are not in position to have to make a decision come January, February, if they're going to join the ranks of the teams they are going to be tanking or not. But uh, we'll see, and it's definitely a possibility and something for Stan Van Gundy to think about. So that'll do it for this edition of Lockdown Pistons. I'm your host, Matt Shook, and I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you again later on in the week.